This is Patrick and Vanessa Zangardi, and you're listening to Demand and Brand. The podcast where we cover marketing trends and techniques to help you succeed in marketing. All right, well, look at this. We're back together again. It's been it's been a minute. Every time I do my own podcast, I'm like, we both are still alive. We're still around, but we had a really busy 2023. First recording of 2024. Mm-hmm. We're, uh, what, 11 days into the to the month? To the year that's crazy and we've got a really good topic today yes 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 uh we're gonna try to do this more often i think we have a lot of things to talk about again the reason we started this is because we talked about this kind of marketing stuff behind closed doors and with clients and stuff and we thought oh there's people out there that want to hear this and then we got really busy and as we empathize and understand Creating content for yourself is so hard as a small business owner when you get busy. It's the best time to do it. Patrick will always say this. The time you need to be creating content is when you're busy, but it always drops to the wayside. Yeah, it's the it's the simplest thing to let slip. And um, I guess if, if I have a business resolution this year, maybe it should be to not do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, here we are. Maybe it's our good luck when we start to do podcasting, then we get super duper busy. So yeah. even just that, maybe. We've been doing a lot of really interesting marketing campaigns and projects over the last um, couple of months with um, really exciting clients mm-hmm. and really exciting industries ranging from um, consumer product to um, SaaS product to AI to um, B2B services. And um, anywhere from social media to advertising to inbound marketing to website development, um, a lot of really interesting things. And one of the things that we have been talking a lot about with our clients, especially as we are talking about messaging and as we're talking about marketing strategy, it's really about honing in on who you're marketing to mm-hmm. and what your goal is to provide value to that audience. Because Vanessa, you always say this, if you have a blanket approach when it comes to your messaging or marketing, where you're marketing to everybody, you don't have a, maybe a unique customer persona or an ideal customer. It's actually that you're marketing to nobody. Yeah. Yeah. And I say this often and you know, we, we work in marketing, so we try to make these like short and succinct and catchy and use them frequently with clients. And this is one of the things that I've been really kind of pushing as of late is if you market to everybody you market to no one because I don't care what your organization looks like or what your business looks like you you don't have infinite resources right and resources are human capital right bandwidth time money the team or whatever right I don't care what industry or organization you work in Everyone has seen a squeezing and a downsizing of teams. Marketing is tasked with doing a lot of stuff anymore, even if it maybe is tangential or intersex marketing. Chances are you're in a marketing department even. You've been asked to do things that maybe aren't quite marketing. That might be more sales. That might be more outreach. That might be more PR. So if you are spending your time doing marketing, but you're marketing in so many different ways and on so many different channels, you just, you're, it's causing delays in not only marketing, but it's also losing you money. Yeah. There, there's a 
dilution effect when you are not able to mm-hmm. speak like directly to a, a customer persona or if you're on too many different media channels, marketing channels, um, without being able to put in the proper effort or time or capital into each and every one of those, you're really just diluting your mm-hmm. your your brand presence. Mm-hmm. And we typically would recommend pick what works best for your audience, pick what channels work best for your audience and go all in on those platforms. Yeah. Like, do you want to add water to like a big whiskey barrel or do you want to add water to a small eight ounce cup? You probably want to spend your time adding water or let's say even flavor, right? You want to make iced tea. Do you want to make iced tea in a whiskey barrel and water it all down and hope it still tastes like tea? Or do you want to put it in a more normal size, like vessel receptacle, and then actually have it taste like tea? Well, that's tea versus marketing, right? The same kind of concept applies. Like if you are diluting your message, it's not reaching your audience. You might not even know who your audience even is. And so you've been trying the smattering approach. And it's also just wasting your precious resources. And you just, you can't really do that anymore. And I'll add on to it also makes it increasingly difficult for you or your team or whoever's doing marketing to remain creative and curious because you're so bogged down. And I know that as we try to really streamline processes and the way that we work with clients and the things for our clients, it's given us more space and bandwidth to be creative and curious in marketing. Cause a lot of things are changing. A lot of things are changing you know, third party cookies are going away on Google or yeah, on Chrome. So that's going to be a change at the end of the year too. So yeah, remaining curious and being able to be creative also is like a byproduct of, of knowing who you're marketing to. What are some practical ways a marketer can, I guess, self diagnose if their marketing is too broad or too um, diluted? And what are some practical steps or or tips to get more specific with what you're saying and to whom you're saying it to? I feel like the first telltale sign is like you are spending a lot of your time like doing so many different tasks. Like you're signing into all these social media platforms, you're signing in to all these different softwares, you're doing all these things and it's taking up time because you're doing too many external marketing channels. And also if you feel like your marketing is really disparate, it doesn't make any sense. And you're doing things maybe in more of a reactionary reactive marketing, which we try not to do right. Instead of proactive marketing. So I feel like if you're spending your time and you're frustrated, just like, why am I signing into all these platforms? And why am I doing all these things? And why am I creating all these things? And then you also don't have that consistency. I think for me, I would say that is a very unhealthy marketing mix. I, I certainly agree with that. Um, I think one thing that I would add to that is if you put on your, if you, you put on the um, customer's hat, right? If you start to think, let's say you sell a software that could be widely used in different business types um, or, or industries, So if you put on your accountant hat and you look at your content and think, does this truly relate to the needs, problems, Mm -hmm. and desires that Mm -hmm. an accountant would have? And if it doesn't actually fit like that, well, like like if that doesn't relate, then your messaging is too broad. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that your messaging has to be hyper-specific 
you know, for accountants and lawyers and real estate agents or whatever these different markets are, but um, at, at the brand level, but it certainly should be that way at the campaign level when it's things like advertising or emails that are being targeted to specific audience types. If you can't, if you read your content or if you read and look through your campaign and you don't feel that it's solving specific and precise um, problems or answering questions that a very specific and, and, and unique audience would have, well then that's a good way to understand that maybe your content is too broad, maybe your messaging is not specific enough. That's interesting. It's so funny because I feel like this is why we're able to add so much value to our clients and to the marketing teams is because I came in straight away with tactical. What are you doing tactically that makes it feel like it? And then you were like, and also like, here is how you might think about it too. So that's like totally our roles and the way that we operate best. So it's kind of funny that we just naturally gravitated. Yeah towards that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and the, the tactical is important from an operations and orchestrations perspective because what you're saying is you're spending all of your effort just trying to manage mm -hmm. and get your hands around what you're supposed to be doing or what you need to do to be successful. Yeah. That is, is so indicative of procedural problems mm -hmm. within an organization or a marketing department but it's also indicative of a higher level strategic problem, which is I want you, you know, big marketing boss person saying, I want you to sell this to anybody who will give me money for it. And then you immediately water down everything and dilute everything, trying to do too much to too wide of an audience. And then from an orchestration perspective, you're burnt out, you're mm -hmm. spinning your gears, you're, you know, stuck in the mud, whatever. You're not really making traction anywhere. You're doing everything 20%, but not anything 100%. Exactly. Um, so from an orchestration and operations perspective, you're completely underwater and burnt out. Yeah. From a strategic perspective, it's just that they, they haven't put in the, um, I don't want to say I haven't put in the effort or the work to understand who's the best audience for a specific campaign, but they maybe haven't taken the jump from being generalists to being specialists and really specifying who the audience is. Yeah. I think that ties right into like the, the key kind of common symptom we see when we diagnose. I always say we need to be scientists and I'm making us doctors in marketing. <laughs> um, it's people aren't spending enough time to know their audience. They're not spending enough time to recognize who their audience is and where their audience spends their time because they probably don't have a marketing strategy imagination i just felt like there when i said that but it's true and i will talk about this to the ends of the earth i'll talk about this forever and ever and ever while you can know your audience not have a marketing strategy if you do a marketing strategy and you kind of outline that it's a lot easier that way right but we've talked at length about marketing strategies let's kind of talk a little bit more about like how to know your audience so that when you market you market to the right people. My immediate um, recommendation to better understand your audience is to talk to them. Ah. Marketing doesn't often have FaceTime with clients, mm -hmm. with customers. And sometimes that is the simplest thing, almost always that's the simplest thing you can do, is go and talk to a real living, breathing customer that likes using your product, or likes working with your team or loves your service 
because you're going to understand what connects with them, mm -hmm. what problems are you solving for them, mm -hmm. and you can also get voice of customer from that. Mm -hmm. Voice of customer is extremely important in messaging and marketing because um, when you can use the terms, speak the language of your customer, they're going to immediately feel much more at ease. Mm -hmm. um, so I mentioned people that like using your product or current customers. Um, the opposite is true as well, it, especially if you're in B2B. If you can talk to customers who have um, uh, uh, who, who decided not to buy from you or work with you, that's important too. If you had, like, let's say, a good long relationship trying to build out, um, going through the sales process, sometimes economics just don't work out. Sometimes uh, a customer ends up going with a competitor, but like it's not like you know a slap in the face. It's just hey, business. Sometimes you go with someone else. Right. If you have those type of of um, we'll call them lost customers, lost opportunities that you can go back and maybe ask for a five minute conversation about, hey, okay, why did you choose our competitor? Why not us? That gives you a lot of insight as well. Um, primarily what that's going to give you is understanding of what their objections were mm -hmm. so that you can create um, ways to overcome those objections in the marketing process and in your messaging and also to help your sales team, if you do have a sales team, to overcome these objections without losing a deal. Yeah. Um, last one I'm going to talk about now. I can go on all day about this. <laughs> but the last thing I'll talk about now is to allow for the marketing team to become deeply integrated with sales ah, yes. and support. Yes. Um, we have a whole series of episodes and a lot of content on our website, on our LinkedIn channels as well about this topic and that's the topic of the revenue team. Mm -hmm. So we we consider the revenue team, the uh, marketing, the sales team and the support or service or success teams integrated together. Mm -hmm. um, that really is, uh, as I said, a, a topic for a whole other episode, which yeah. we've done. We'll probably have to do another one as well. But when your marketing team can become integrated with sales and with support, they have so much more insight beyond their job, mm -hmm. beyond their role, and that allows for them to create better, more well-rounded campaigns. Yeah, and also too, I think it's nice because you get the buy-in because in a lot of like tenured organizations and even sometimes in newer organizations, it just seems like marketing is there to support sales in oftentimes a reactionary way. Then when you combine the two teams together or the three teams, if we're talking about support or, you know, customer delivery or whatever, you get different types of buy-in and there's an understanding in a shift to try to work to be more proactive because if marketing can have the space to be creative, to be curious, all that kind of stuff like that too, then partner with the sales team, kind of bounce ideas, right? In this, in this situation, there's going to be more bandwidth there's going to be better marketing there's going to be more creative ways to reach your audience there's going to be an ability to kind of surpass your competition because you're able to really have these teams work well together to do what's best and what's working now and find these these other great and creative ways to to do marketing and sales and sales enablement all the kind of components that go into driving that that bottom line and, and getting more opportunities and more sales absolutely yeah so I think it's important to, to then talk about, so when you spend the time to know your audience, this will help you also figure out where 
you need to be spending your time and where you need to be spending your money. So once you know your audience, you can kind of get your sales and marketing and kind of customer support teams aligned together. You really can dial down into what you're doing that's working because it's where your customers are, where maybe you need to stop spending time, money, and energy on things because you say, well, that's not where our customer is or it's not resonating for some reason, right? And you can really make your marketing budget work for you and really maximize that, which I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, marketers are tied to their budget and ROI. So how can you make both work together? Well, well, making sure you're allocating your resources to the right mediums to then reach your audience. Period. (laughs) That's it. Mic drop. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really it. Marketing is as, it's as scientific or as creative as you let it be. And um, we recommend having a healthy dose of creativity with a healthy dose of science-based methodology when doing any type of marketing campaign. Yeah. Um, in other words, don't just wing it, right? Right. Because that's too creative, too loosey-goosey, and it's hard to have any results or ROI. On the opposite side, don't be too prescriptive in yeah. your approach because if you follow things to the T and to the letter and in such a precise and prescriptive manner, then there's no artisan or craftsmanship or creativity to it. And things begin quickly to get dull, dated, and don't resonate so much with a ever-evolving and changing audience and market that we're all working in. Yeah. And it's important to note too, the way that the consumer in any industry is expecting to receive marketing and expecting to be, you know, air quotes sold to, right? They know they're being sold to all the time. Anybody who's on, let's say social media knows every three posts is some kind of ad sale, something, right? So the expectation though is a little different. They want it to feel more personal. They want it to feel more engaging and things like that too. So when you lose the creativity and the curiosity, because you are spending your time doing things you shouldn't be doing, you're spending bandwidth and money and et cetera, et cetera, right? You're unable to be creative. And so your audience could consciously or subconsciously even be tuning you out or hiding or silencing or unfollowing or whatever, because they feel like it's too, I don't know, too sterile almost. Yeah. Gotta have a little bit of fun. We will probably talk about this. Maybe next episode is a good way to do this, but like being unhinged in marketing. I know that we had a conversation about this um, and I think it's a funny topic and I think you could tie a lot of, um, you know, create, creative brands out there who are kind of doing the unhinged type of um, content or whatever. But so all that kind of to say and tying it back to like when you market to everybody, you market to no one. I mean, it's really about understanding your audience, aligning teams, really scrutinizing what you're doing and why you're doing it and just trying to find ways and create the bandwidth to be creative and curious and take risks in marketing and have fun and all that kind of stuff, right? Have a marketing hypothesis and test it after you've done the other things and you have that ability ability and the bandwidth to do so. I think that's a way to cap it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even really intend to cap it like that, but I feel like it's like a natural kind of segue to uh, 
to end this this episode of this podcast. Yeah. Look at us. I feel like we get really good at hitting like the 20 minute mark, adding value in a short amount of time, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So more to come on the Demand Brand Podcast. It's kind of expanded to a lot of different things, but I like the name. We like it in marketing. We're marketing. Yeah. We are easily found all over the internet. You can find us at zangardi.com. You can find us on LinkedIn. We primarily post on our personal pages. So I'm Patrick Zangardi and Vanessa hers is uh, easy to find as well. It's <laughs> Vanessa Zangardi. We also do some posting over on our uh, TikTok as well. That's at Zangardi. Um, and yeah, lots of value to be found in the Demand Hit Brand podcast and on those social platforms. Yeah. So like, subscribe, and share with other people who you think need to be in this marketing conversation. We do have a newsletter too that's lightly unhinged. Um, sometimes it's SpongeBob as the graphic. Sometimes it's Looney Tunes. Sometimes it's, I don't know. You never know what you're going to get with us. Um, so make sure you follow along because our mission in 2024 is to try to give away our knowledge so that people and teams who need it, but maybe don't have the ability to access a marketing team or us can still make their marketing work for them because it's, that's the name of the game anymore is how can you market and how can you message and position. And we have a lot of information. We have a lot of cool conversations and we want you all to learn from the things that we've learned. Absolutely. See you Thanks next everybody. Time.